This episode of the Big Head Chats podcast on the On The Pine Sports Network is brought to you by Mulcahy Co. Marketing. For all your marketing needs, Gav and the team have you covered. They do it all, including making our new website. They made the process of creating and continually editing a website super easy. And the end result? Well, I'll let you check it out for yourself at www.onthepinesports.com.au. They also build online stores using Shopify. In these COVID-19 times when going online has been a must for some businesses, Gavin, the guys know how to get you there. Check out their latest store at www.wardrobebythesea.com.au. Now, some podcasts might give you a little discount code, but I'm not quite there yet, so keep listening, and maybe I will be one day. But anyway, you should check them out at www.molkay.com.au slash marketing. That's www.molkay.com.au slash marketing. Now, to Big Head Chats, let's go. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the very first edition of Big Head Chats. I will be your host every single episode. Ollie Nash is my name. And this week, the first guest making his podcast debut, Will Reed, aka the analytics guy. Welcome, Will. Hello, hello. Uh, Nashy, I have a stat for you. Give it to me. Did you know that approximately 60, 60 to 70% of the bread we eat is white? And sandwiches are thought to account for 50% of overall bread consumption. And I, I bring you this stat because, as always, we always talk about getting the bread. We, always, we do. We're always getting this bread. Get the bread. Get the sourdough. And as your first podcast, that's exactly what we're going to do. <laughs> that's going to be the mantra of this podcast. And you're going to be weekly, every fortnight. You're going to be on the podcast a lot. You're going to be here a lot. We're going to discuss a lot of basketball and a lot of, a lot of life, but... Our main aim is, is to get this bread. That's what we say a lot in this household. A couple of bakers in here. Eh? A couple of bakers. <laughs> and then uh, when we're really foreign, we're getting that sourdough. Sourdough is what we're getting. We're getting the good bread. That's the good bread. Um, so, yeah, we'll get after it. We'll get after it. Now, we're going to kick off the show, the very first episode of Big Head Chats. Um, just a note for the listeners and, and the viewers on YouTube. Uh, I have a big head, hence the name. Big Head Chats. Big Head is chatting with his mates. So, not much going into the name there, Will. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I mean, it's if, if, you, if you know Ollie, that's, it says it all. Yeah, it fits, like, I think. It fits, fits. well. No um, one does fit your head. <laughs> that's why, so, shout out to TV Vintage, Daniel Jervisoni, got me this hat. Um, I had to jump on it because it was the only one that fit in a while. <laughs> Not many hats fit my head. That hat wouldn't fit my head, I don't so, think. So I don't reckon it would at all. Yeah. So you just got to jump on it when you can. You have it on the, the very last button. It's on the second last one at the moment, and it, it's pushing it. <laughs> and the last one I don't think works very well. So if this if you got this about two weeks breaks, of life in that, I reckon. Yeah, it's, it's almost gone. Cast this out. <laughs> um, now, Will, we're excited. Uh, the NBA is it's back, not officially in terms of Games at count, but scrimmages have started. Um, so we're into day two of that at the moment. Yes. As we, so we're recording this on Saturday, the 25th of July. It's about 20 past five uh, in the afternoon. Um, so in light of the NBA coming back, we're going to start this new segment called, I don't really know what the name of it is, to be honest, but we're going to analyse every team's glass half full and glass half empty take heading into the bubble. Um, and then what the bubble might hold for them 
as well. What do you think about that? I'm excited. I just feel like you just love talking basketball, so anything oh. NBA related is going to get you going. I think the amount of times I've said to you all in the last month, couple months probably, yeah. that every conversation we have, that's a podcast right there. That's a, yeah. Look at us now. Jumping in. <laughs> <laughs> then there's some chat that I don't think should be on a podcast because like late night. Groggy chats. Yeah, that one. That, that's <laughs> that's, that's the key between us. That's the one we hate. <laughs> um, now today, we're going to discuss uh, the Lakers, uh, Houston and and Washington. Um, and then if we have some time, we might fit in another team. We'll just see how we're tracking. Not really too fast. Um, so we're going to start off with the Lakers. Um Number one in the West, heading into the bubble. Um, have LeBron and AD, have it all going for him. What are your, what's your glass half full for the Lakers? There's a lot of glass half full takes for them heading into the bubble, but what is yours? Uh, well, the glaring one, they have LeBron James. Pretty simple. That's pretty simple. He's before last year, what was it, eight straight trips, trips to the finals? Seven yeah, or eight? Eight, yeah. eight straight trips and... He's not looking like he's wearing down anytime soon. He's still, if anything, he could be one of his best statistical seasons he's had in his career. Which is saying a lot. It's saying a hell of a lot. It's saying a ridiculous amount. Um, just decided at 35 he's going to lead the league in assists. Um, just, just decided. Just decided. It's and like, playing in the, in the stacked West. <laughs> giving up on trusting his team. <laughs> I'm going to run the show now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's the one take. Class up we could have. The other one you could probably say is arrested LeBron, mm. which is even more dangerous, and arrested yes. AD because AD can obviously have his injury concerns. Um, you know, has missed some time since entering the league. So lots, lots going well for them in great form before the lockdown. Um, beat Milwaukee and the Clippers uh, in back-to-back games. Basically, the weekend just before the lockdown happened. Um, so. That had to be on their mind a little bit that they've beaten the two other best teams in the league. Because I think, would you say it's, it's two LA teams and Milwaukee? They're the three, you and be, then there's a bit of a gap, and then there's the chasing pack. I mean, if uh, I think Houston would probably be the fourth best team, and even then, they're quite quite far away. Yeah, I, I, you I have Houston the next the next best. Oh, in my eyes right now, yeah. yeah. But at, I mean. I would not have any confidence of putting money on any any other team no. at all in the NBA besides those three teams. That's quite quite a likely chance it's one of those teams. That... Yeah, Houston's that bet you put on. You got a bonus bet, or you got you know you got money back on the previous bet, and you're like, oh, I think just, so. just chuck it on. Just, just chuck it on. Just on the Still odd chance. Underdog, just on the odd chance that for this few week <laughs> period they nail it and they and something goes right for them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now glass half empty. Some things have arisen in this um, in this category for them since entering the bubble. What's your glass up empty for the Lakers? Uh, the major one, missing Avery Bradley, which mm-hmm. on the face of it seems seems like quite a big deal. He's he's been one of their well, one of their good quality vets that they've been able to rely on for the entire year. Is did he win a ring in Boston? Was Don't think so. Nine? I think he just missed. he might have played in. 2010 when they lost. Yeah, but he's had, he's had a lot of quality minutes under his belt. Lots of playoff minutes for Boston. Exactly. Um, he can play both ends. And I think um, 
just off, this was purely off just watching games. It looked like his offensive side of his game had really improved. Um, seemed a lot more confident in taking shots up the dribble. Um, there were times where it almost looked like he just said, fuck LeBron and AD, I'm not giving you the ball. It's my turn. I'm going to track my own shot. And, you know, he's not obviously going to hit every shot, but the I think that's what LeBron would like in his teammates is that he can trust them that they're going to have the confidence to do it. Um, and that's what you need in the playoffs. You can't, you can't rely on LeBron and AD. How much confidence do you... Does he want to have any teammates though? Does he put full confidence in uh, Dion Waiters? Is he? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> so he's got Dion Waiters back. Who? I mean, I don't know how much you know. They only played together, I think, half a season. Yeah, and then did LeBron? Well, it was... does LeBron want him out? Because he has a lot of say in Cleveland. <laughs> I think. I think well, you might have said they made the executive decision to go get Jr. and Shump anyway. So and then it's... even Jr. Test your relationships since the last time they played together. Exactly. I don't want to bring that up. <laughs> um, but I think, I think the the um, the loss of Bradley isn't going to hurt too much if they can avoid Portland. Mm. So at the moment, as things line up, they're going to play Memphis in the first round. They can contain Jar enough with who they've got. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like Danny Green can play that role. They can share Danny Green, Caruso, um, probably those two are the main two they're going to share that defensive role. Um, you know, you can do the same with Donovan Mitchell um, and, and Lou Williams, you can probably do the same same there. Um, but if they get stuck facing Dame and CJ in the first round, still going to take the Lakers, but it just creates more issues for them in a first round matchup. Compared to what a Memphis would, I think. Like even on, that's the thing. You you look at the eye test, and it always does seem like Bradley is slowing down these players. But all the analytics stray against that. It it actually all says that when Bradley is on the floor with LeBron and all these other guys, he's, he's a net negative player. He's not not actually a positive guy to have on the floor. Which really that, that, that's that's why we have you, you here, Will. You are the analytics guy. You are the man. So. That's good. I didn't know that. <laughs> Numbers everywhere. Yeah, no. Nah. Surprisingly, or well, maybe not surprisingly, because he's, he's the god, Alex Caruso, <laughs> has like the third highest net rating for the Lakers, which... Is that, is, that a, is that volume, though? Like, Bradley's playing a lot more minutes, playing against a lot of better guys. Uh, um, the the minutes, that... it's it's not that far off. As, as I mean, the, the difference, 1,000 minutes for Caruso, 1,030 minutes for Caruso... Twelve hundred, basically, for Bradley. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's not that. It's not that much of a difference. What's the difference in in the net rating? Well, the net rating, Bradley's. Mm-hmm. I'm looking looking at five thirty eight uh, overall Raptor rating. He's a minus one. A terrible on offense, Avery Bradley. But then Caruso's net is a three point seven, mm-hmm. which I think is up there in top forty or so for the NBA. Yeah. So he can do it on both ends of the floor. Not only that, he can do everything off ball. He does not need the ball yep. to do what he can do. That's the that's the other thing that um, I think... I'm, I'm not sure if we can trust Caruso yet in big time because it's only this year that he's probably come on and, and really played a big role in a team. And it's it's great that he has, and you know, you can't be a, a dud and be playing good quality minutes for a championship contender in the regular season. But... Um, the one thing going off that form is that we can trust he's going to come in, just be energetic and be, you know, at guys um, on both ends, which is all 
which is all you need in the playoffs, especially from a role player, is just to come in and be energetic, willing, you know, off-ball movement, setting screens, doing all those little things because that's all LeBron and AD need around them. It's just other guys active um, and doing those little things so that they can focus on, you know, doing the rest. Basically. Exactly. Exactly. Now you're, you're spot on there. A number I can point out to you in the league, Alex Caruso has the equal fifth best defensive Raptor rating. Okay. According to five thirty eight stats. Okay. So that 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 speaks volumes of his defense. And if you're talking about a CJ McCollum and a Damian Lillard matchup, yeah. Uh, limited numbers, uh, limited minutes. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but I, I definitely have confidence in Alex Caruso doing that. We just haven't seen a lot of it. He's yeah. Not you look at him and you don't think you're an NBA player. No, no <laughs> way. Means, but I mean that photo is trending at the moment with him sitting on the sideline in the in the Lakers polo. He just looks like a exactly. equipment manager. <laughs> <laughs> um, which basically sums up Caruso. I think he's mm. not. He, there's, you know, there's a bit those videos flying around on social media of him kind of getting recognised in public. Everyone's like, "Oh, you're tall, but." You play NBA? And he's like, yeah, you're I do. TV, aren't you? He's a white, balding guy. Like, <laughs> just doesn't check out. Um, how much do you read into playoff Rondo and how much they're going to miss him in the bubble? Uh, to be honest, I've lost faith, faith in Rondo quite a long time ago. It's... <laughs> so you don't, uh, you, you don't think that playoff Rondo was on its way back? I mean, statistically, it's a thing. It's, yeah, it, it is a it, thing. It's there. And there's no denying that. He, he, he reaches new levels in the playoffs, but... I can't. Oh, he could contribute, but I don't think they're losing that much by not having him there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not his game anymore. No. And although a few years ago, playing in New Orleans with Anthony Davis and all that, and he was it's a double double every night. But it's he's not that guy anymore. He's no. not getting the minutes. He's he's still with Davis on the team, obviously. But it's it's a different mantra. It's a different game. It just doesn't seem as um, much. So. I feel like he's entered the, the Joakim Noah range where there's, his IQ is definitely is there. Like you can't, you don't just lose that. Um, and that intensity and, and you know, on both ends is always there. But it ha- it'll have to come in spurts. So you can't. I don't think Frank Vogel was putting Rondo on and being like, "I'm going to trust you for to run 25 offense. minutes a night yeah. and to run the offense or run the second unit, you know, whatever," mm. um, because. I think it's in spurts. So the Clippers, for example, they might put Jacob Noah on. They're not going to start him at centre, but they might put him on five minutes into the first quarter just to keep that energy, the energy going, up yeah. in, into the, you yeah. know, because that's where teams can lag. They had that hot start, start his head off, and then, you know, that gap, that gap closes in the end of the first quarter. So I feel like he might have entered that range in his career, which he can still be valuable, but it's just in smaller spurts, I think. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I think yeah, it's interesting for the Lakers. Do you, do you have any less faith in them with the guys they're missing and you know all the sort of yeah Dwight Howard making headlines or any of that stuff? Is that any, do you read into any of that hindering them winning the championship? Well, every team's had their small injury injury issues, and there's every year where teams are just missing players in general, whether it be the coronavirus now or just injuries or players missing stuff. Um, although the statistics say against it, Avery Bradley. It's just a matchup that you want to be able to have the tool to use. And yeah. although they've brought in those extra plays in J.R. Smith and Waiters and have Caruso, it's a nice tool to have. And mm-hmm. someone that they've played, like Avery Bradley's been in their most used, 
most used lineup this year. Yeah. And obviously they want to be able to have that experience. And it's, yeah. it is a lineup that I'm talking about. Like their starting lineup is one of the best in the league. Yeah. Numbers wise. So yeah, 100%. it's harsh, but although they play different positions and whatnot, Kuzma coming in and taking some of those minutes, I'm not comfortable with things like yeah, that. Yeah, that's all right. So that's that's where I was going next. So the whole discussion about Kuzma at the moment is that you just don't know what you're going to get, and can you trust him in a big playoff game? I love Kuzma. I said it myself in Cole Kuzma in the way he plays. <laughs> I mean, very true. I mean, that sort of <laughs> is he a small forward? Is he a power forward? I don't know. He likes to shoot it a bit. Sometimes he's hot. Sometimes he's bricking everything. That sums me up as a basketball player, pretty much. I think. So I can, I can relate to Kyle Kuzma. But what do you, what do you think about about him and his role in the bubble? I'm not a fan. I've, I've, <laughs> oh. I've just never been much of a fan of Kyle Kuzma. The biggest time I've, I've enjoyed Kuzma's game was summer league in his rookie year with Lonzo. That's he was just. Is that because Lonzo was throwing? That is the Oops, only reason yeah, why. It was all Lonzo's thing. You wouldn't know barely about Kuzma. Yeah. He wouldn't be getting his minutes as it wasn't thanks to Lonzo in the original moments. But I, it just he's. I don't see much of. He's a poor man's Davis Bertans right now. He's, Ooh, he, okay. he's shocking on defense. He's terrible on defense. You see the. I mean, it's Zion, but you see these the videos of him trying to guard Zion. It's embarrassing. I, I mean, I felt. It's disgusting to watch. He's not an NBA player when you watch that. He looks uh, like yeah. some scrub off the street. He's... I did. I mean, we're talking about Zion, though. We're talking about Zion, but even in general, his his numbers are terrible. His advanced numbers are terrible. Mm-hmm. His, although I think he could be a, a nice spark off some team's bench. I think, yeah, I think that's where I... Maybe this is my glass half full take. So you've had, you've given the glass half empty take on Kuzma. I'm going to give you the glass half full. It's no half. <laughs> so, the glass half full for me is that uh, he's super athletic, um, doesn't lack any confidence, especially on the offensive end. Can, I think he does on the defensive end. You can sort of tell when he was when he was on Zion, you could just tell he'd half given up before he'd even caught the ball. Um, but on the offensive end, he you know he's shown that he can shoot it. He said he's had enough big enough enough big games in the league where I'm thinking. You can do that a bit more regularly once you sort of mature and grow into your body a bit. Um, but yeah, I just love athletic wing guys that and off the, off the bench can just create that spark, which is what I think he could be. Whether or not he does it consistently, though, I don't know. But as we have discussed before, there could be a playoff Cole Kuzma game. There could, oh, that would not surprise <laughs> that, me. Like, as much as I hate it, it would not surprise me to see right, Cole Kuzma, 35 points. Okay. Eight three pointers. Game five against the Clippers, Western Conference Finals. Cole Cruz has thirty five. Exactly. And you're like, man, doesn't would not surprise me <laughs> like this. But I'll, I'll I'll say that talking about him guarding Zion, if the Pelicans do make the playoffs, which I still think is the likelihood of happening, mm-hmm. that they yeah, now, now Zion's back in the bubble. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see. I mean, the Lakers. That's that's the only player they threw at him. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just Vogel's part or. They just didn't trust anyone else, but that's all the only player they put in him. And yeah. we saw, I think they lost two points or something. Yeah, Pelicans in the end, but yeah, the fact that they Zion's better than it now than he even was back then. Yeah, and I would have less faith. In better shape, in better shape, mm-hmm. better everything. He's yeah. way more experienced. He he reads plays well. He, yeah, he perfects it. He's, yeah, 
He's already a veteran. Uh, the <laughs> fact that I think that would be a bit of a matchup nightmare when it comes to the first round for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. He's a rookie, but God, he could he could bring the, hell. They're not going to put Davis on Zion. The Lakers are get destroyed. They are praying that Memphis make it. Oh, praying and hold on. <laughs> LeBron's going to be on the the COVID hotline <laughs> if he sees Zion and that out or Dame out doing breaking the rules. You'd be like, man. Suspend them. <laughs> I, I heard a rumor. Yeah, they, they are. Yeah, correct. Came yeah. out. Um, so yeah, do you see the West Conference Finals still for the Lakers, and or do you oh, see? I, I can't see them getting dropped out. Okay. Into, I don't see any real threats that can actually give them a, a tight matchup yep. before the Clippers. I mean, there's teams that can maybe play with them a little, but the way that the Lakers are able to adapt and. Mm-hmm. Any LeBron team, the way he talks, he knows every team's plays, and he'll play he'll, a team like the Rockets or the uh, the Jazz or someone. That, say they come out and lose game one, the Lakers. The, the very next game, LeBron's going to be staying up four hours that night, knowing, and he'll know off the top of his head every play that the other team yeah. has, and he will have a counter for it, mm-hmm. and they will win the next four games by 30 points. Or less. <laughs> Uh, that seems to be a, a thing in LeBron's career that not often is he winning game ones in any, apart from sort of, you know, round one and two and whatever, but big series, lose game one and, you know, usually hit back game two. Cause it's almost like he's feeling it, feeling him out, seeing what they say game mm. one, almost counting at game two. It's interesting. It's when teams can throw out different lineups and different yeah. things. Because LeBron, he, he does, and he's vocally said it, and you can see it in the close-ups and he's got a mic on him that he, he knows every play that every team has. Mm-hmm. They, the, the second they come down the floor, he yells it out to his teammates. He tells them where to go. Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. It's LeBron. <laughs> cool. It's LeBron. It's um, all right. So, going to move on to the Houston Rockets. Uh, sixth seed heading into the uh, the bubble, 40 and 24 um, before the lockdown. Um Weird, weird season, to say the least. Um, Something we've never seen before. Yeah, and <laughs> we've just seen the opposite of it with Denver <laughs> yeah. in their first scrimmage game. I don't think there was a guy under 6'10 in their starting line. However tall Millsap uh, is. I'd say like 6'9", maybe? 6'9", I think, officially, just yeah. without shoes. Yeah. yeah. And so. Then, <laughs> so that's crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> your glass half full for Houston heading into the bubble. Well, you said it at the start. I'm analytics guy. <laughs> this is your if team. You... <laughs> if there's ever a way I'm going to set up basketball if I'm the GM, it is yeah. very close to how this Houston Rockets you team You lie better at night up. and think about how you can make the next Houston Rockets team <laughs> and win the championship. You're pretty spot on with that. But, well, no, seriously, any 2K rebuild I'm going to do, anything like that, the fact that they have the ability to play Covington at centre and... Be successful with that is speaks wonders, and, mm-hmm. and they're on top of these things for a reason. Although there is a human element to basketball, like we've seen in baseball and a lot of other sports, the number element can be very important. Yeah, and there's no no denying that. That's the reason NBA teams are shooting threes. Yeah, nonstop now. It, it's more valuable. Yeah, full stop. It's yeah, a, it's a, the fact that it's not only the fact that they're shooting these three pointers and focusing on the three pointers. It's that. Every other shot that isn't a three-pointer is at the ring. Mm-hmm. And you, you'll you hear that, oh, this this guy's shooting 60% at the ring. It's like, yes, that's a 60% shot at the ring. If every shot you have is at the ring, it's efficient. Yeah. Like, whether that be contested or not, it's at the ring. It's, mm-hmm. it's a type of shot you want. You can trust your players going one-on-one to the ring. And the way that they're 
literally spacing the ball five out, if you can trust Russ and Harden going one on one to the ring, you're mm-hmm. gonna take that any yeah. day of the week. Well, I think is that. Do you think that's a reason? Maybe because I think when when they signed Westbrook, it was almost like he's the opposite of the Houston system in terms of he can't shoot, mm-hmm. especially from the three. Um, but I feel like he can attack the rim and finish strongly at the rim against any center, as can Harden. So it's almost like that you're, you're balancing out. Like you're taking his positive, which is finishing at the rim, attacking the rim, and just hoping that his negative, which is the poor three-point shooting, doesn't outweigh the positive. And we saw that the first half of the season where they still had Capella. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't working. Yeah, Russ was terrible. Yeah, Absolutely terrible. Yeah. Capella goes out. Yeah, that's like I don't have the day in front of me, but the time where Russ actually starts going on his crazy scoring streak and yeah. everything like that is when around the time when Capella's out. And yeah, you can see the difference. You can see the space he has and the types of shots he's getting. He's a, he's the only guy on the team that's allowed to take those mid range shots because yeah. for him it's efficient enough where the Houston organization allows him to take it. Yeah, um, and I think you could you could tell straight away it had an immediate impact the small ball lineup and this is so Russ had been sort of killing it before this point anyway but um this is when they sort of you know it took off to start with it tapered off a little bit um before the lockdown but um so they beat the late that that very first night I remember it vividly when you know coming to play his first game off the bench and was playing on AD like it was ridiculous and they, but they won. So um, <laughs> they won that first game, lost the next two, but then they won one, two, three, four, five, six on the trot, um, beat Boston twice, Memphis and Utah in that stretch. Strong teams. So good teams. Um, uh, and then who else did they beat? The Knicks. And <laughs> Golden State. So I get that. But so it did have a, an impact, and it obviously had a positive impact on Russell Westbrook. Um, but yeah, my glass half empty for Houston is so hit and miss. Is my little sentence on it. They're so hit and miss. Um, as it, as the same with someone like a, a Philly, a first round exit doesn't surprise me, but a conference finals berth doesn't surprise me either. There's, you know, I can't, yeah, which is fun to watch for a fan, but there's just, yeah, there's no in between for them at the moment, I don't think. Hmm. Oh well, you're spot on. That's that's the numbers game they're playing. Mm-hmm. They play it like oh, it, it's hard to find a way to describe it, but essentially, the numbers in their favour that no matter what they're getting their open shots, right? Yeah. Their offense is always guaranteed, essentially, right? There's the the way that they play, the type of shots that they get, and there are numbers that show this that they get the most open sh- three point shots in the league. Yeah. So it's whether or not. Over a seven-game series, you're just going to have enough shots to fall over a long span, which is what they calculate, mm-hmm. that they're going to have the firepower on offense to do that. And now, the only v- big variable that determines whether or not they win or lose games is how much the other team scores. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're almost a lock that they're going to be scoring most of the nights is just to be able to hold off the other team yeah. and keep that consistent. So that's... Any team could be them, but like we said before, eh, to the Knicks and Warriors. But like, it doesn't surprise me if they just—it's just a cold night. Yeah, it's it's just as likely well, it, that it becomes a hot night the next night. Like yeah, yeah. It summed up Houston for the last five years. It's just yeah, that twenty eighteen finals, hmm. uh, Western Conference finals. Was it twenty eighteen or seventeen? When they missed twenty seven in a row. 
2018. So that was the definition of it. Miss mm. 27 three threes in a row. They wouldn't have done that all year or the year before that or probably since. I don't think it's ever been. I think there was an NBA record. Yeah, yeah. So. Like, that's just the risk that they're taking. But then you could, you could almost count and say they could hit 27 in a row. Exactly. Like, that's a genuine possibility with this team. Uh, like, I think it's another way to put it is although they've, they've created a bigger variance for themselves. Yep. So they've elevated how good they are and it's up to a, a certain level, but they've increased the chance of how bad and how good it can go. Whereas you look at teams like the 2014 Spurs, 2013 Spurs, that team is very good, but they're not going to uh, like move much from where they are. They're always going to be reliably around the same area. Whereas this Rockets team could hit 150 in a game or hit 90 yeah. points. Like it's yeah, yeah. But reliably, their average is well above average, and that's what gives them the stats that they know that they are a good team. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, it's just a. I don't think it's going to work, but I'm so excited to watch it. Yes. Like, that's, they're the one team where I'm going to tune in every time they play to see what they throw up because uh, I'm just it's just funny to watch. They're funny to watch sometimes because I just, <laughs> just don't know what you're going to get. Exactly. It's so different to what um, we've come to see in the NBA. Mm. Like, that game against the Lakers was ridiculous. Mm. Like I, they just they, they stopped AD. I don't know why for starters the Lakers didn't go to AD inside or LeBron inside in the post as much as they did. But even the times they did, they were getting stops. Yeah, yeah. And then they'd come down the other side of the court and bang a three. Yeah, yeah. Russ would do a huge dunk. It's just um, the thing with Houston that I can see happening in the, is the glass half full take is that so they've got eight games before the playoffs and then there's a normal playoff run. There's every possibility that they can catch fire for that little stretch and go a long way. So I'm going to put into AFL terms. So the Western Bulldogs in 2016, they they just caught fire for four weeks. They were, they were seventh on the ladder that year. Um, and then you look back at the 99 lockdown season in the NBA. The Knicks were the eighth seed that year and they made the finals. And then got spanked by San Antonio. But it's just these... Shortened seasons, um, it just creates different possible storylines, and Houston catching fire for this these few weeks very is very possible. Um, but it's also very possible that they stink it up because they haven't played in so long, and then they go up in the first round. That's exactly. every possibility as well. So, um, what do you, what do you see happening? What's your if you're if you're 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 a bit of a, a betting man, Will. What are you gonna? What are you gonna back in the <laughs> well, market? Like you said, I'd, I think I put one dollar on in bonus bets <laughs> in bonus bet. to win. But um, I've, what I've got written down is, I guess, matchups as well can sort of determine mm-hmm. how far they go. Like we, I'd like how far the Blazers went last year. They yeah. uh, Blazers beat OKC in the first round, a team they match up very well against. Next round, they had the Nuggets. Yeah. Like the hardest thing in the second round, and then yeah. they had the Warriors. Yeah. They still got to the conference finals with a, a, a schedule that was not that hard. And it's really, there are going to be teams like the Lakers and like the Clippers, I guess, who are just going to know. They're going to figure out ways. They're going to watch what the Rockets are doing enough. Yeah. It's going to be two weeks worth of intensely watching what they're doing mm-hmm. and figure out 
their own analytics, their own game plan to be able to reduce open looks at the bucket. Because what the Rockets are doing, even though it's getting open shots, it's predictable. Yeah. It's very predictable. It's one of the most predictable things in the league now because it's essentially pass around the three-point line enough, drive and kick. Yeah. But it, it, no matter how predictable it is, it's getting you open shots. Yeah. And when James Harden is dribbling the ball between his legs at the top of the key, everyone knows what's coming, but no one can seem to stop it. Exactly. Well, do you know, though? Is he stepping it back or is he driving? You don't know. That's what he does. Well, that's a... Yeah, I mean... I'm going to back... If I'm if I'm that bloke that's defending him, I'd almost put a live bet on him and say, he's going to step back this shot. I feel like he's, he wants to step back more than he wants to drive it. But, you know, you know that there's no in-between, but you can't stop either of them from happening. And I, You say either as well. There's a third option, and that's... he. Pump fakes you out and gets to the line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, um, but yeah, the thing with and Harden, it doesn't even look like he's running that quick when he drives. But he just seems he just knows how to get past. And then if that he's little not, floater, that little floater, and he knows that if he's not going to make the shot, he's getting that foul instead. Exactly. But so you talked about matchup. So at the moment, they're the six seed. They're two and a half games back from Denver. Um. And then one game back, who are third, and one game back from Utah in fourth, and they're even with OKC in fifth. So at the moment, they'll be facing Denver in the first round, which I think they like. That uh, that exposes Jokic. Yeah, like Jokic, he, he can back players down, but even his post moves, they are the way that the Rockets double team, mm-hmm. especially from the first game shown by Denver in the bubble. Jokic can't run point. No. He can't run the floor. And when he has it in the post, he's still adept at that teams can get steals off him. Mm-hmm. I think it was the Mavericks they played? No. Washington. Who did? The Nuggets. Ah, uh, yeah, Washington. Yeah, and they, they got a large number of steals. They had, like, the Nuggets are something like 20, 25 turnovers that game. Yeah. For a short game, which is Pretty crazy. crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. So, they almost could play Jokic off the floor. And Jokic is already not a playoff style player in, in that yeah in any capability. in any round exactly and he's not going to be any type of interior defense for anyone but mm-hmm. um yeah that, and then so then the other the other two are utah and okc who you know, depending on where they finish they could face either of them as well um i mean what do you think either of them suit houston or oh. i feel like denver's the one they probably want Denver, well... Um, there's no home court advantage, obviously, so you know, they don't, don't have to worry about going to Denver um, and playing in that hard environment. They can, you know, they can be the sixth seed and almost be favourites going in. That's true. That, that's, if that's the thing, the teams above them, how, how much better are they yeah. playoff-wise? And... I almost I almost feel that way with both conferences, is that the seeding almost doesn't matter for me. Hmm. And it definitely doesn't matter now because there's no From advantage for anything yeah, finishing exactly. higher at all. Um, and you just you look at both conferences, and I mean, in the East, two beat two through six, anything can happen there exactly. in any round. Then you look in the West, and yeah, three v seven. I'm not gonna say. Yeah, I feel like nothing's gonna surprise us if exactly. it happens. I mean, so if to say that as well, if New Orleans make the playoffs, uh, they are in form. Like, yeah, there's no way they're not making the playoffs if they're not in form. Same yeah. for the Blazers. Yeah, if they get into the playoffs, that means they've won a lot of games beforehand, mm-hmm. so they inform and they are a good team. Yeah. So there's no one. 
counting that out. But look, what you mentioned before, I get matchups against Utah and the Thunder. Against Utah, it was interesting. I watched some highlights of how they played them last time. And the way that Rudy Gobert, they, they, they put Rudy Gobert on Westbrook. That was their matchup, yeah. which I was talking to you about off, off Yes, you did. I um, this, yeah. And the way they played him was essentially, they, they sagged off him. Gobert played all the way in the key, and they allowed Westbrook, Westbrook, sorry, to yeah. to take that open three point shot. Yeah, because they knew statistically they're in. They had playing Houston's own game and saying we're going to back it, the percentages exactly, and, yeah. and they trusted that. So then that way it was no longer five out, as you would say, for Houston's offense because Gobert is in the inside, so mm-hmm. they don't have that line to run like it did, and it worked wonders against them. Yeah. But the second Westbrook's smart, he he got past Gobert a number of times still, but it. it it's not a one-on-one battle when that happens. It's mm. Gobert also now being that normal defender. It's essentially having a center for Rockets on the floor. So it yeah. diminishes their five-out plan. And I think if they get stuck playing Utah, or I guess actually both of the teams, the fact that there's no home court advantage anymore or just don't have to play in either of those arenas is massive because... You watch Utah in some of these playoff games in the last couple of seasons against mm-hmm. OKC especially, and the way that the just the momentum, fan noise, everything. First of all, gets Utah guys going like Joe Ingles, Donovan Mitchell. They just they frost off it. They love it, um, and how much it seems to hamper the away team. So exactly. in this case, Houston, and the same with OKC. By all accounts, I've never been there, but it's one of the loudest. Um, arenas in the league um, fans are crazy so to be able to avoid that I feel Jeez. was a massive thing for Houston because you know they don't have to worry about any outside noise any momentum shifts or anything like that I mean you know all you're worrying about is the bench making noise and getting the team up and about and that's all you've got to worry about so that, you know there's no a team like Houston I feel is a confidence team exactly. so the fact that they don't have any that to worry about means that their confidence won't be hit and they're just going to keep let them fly and still playing their game, which I think plays into their hands, which is good. Yeah, spot on. Okay, so we're going to move on. I can't believe I'm saying this. To Washington. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we're talking about them, Will, but we are. Why are they here? That's the why, question. Why that should the they question. be They shouldn't have been there in the first place, but <laughs> they had to be because there was 13 teams in the West going. Um but now, especially with no Bradley Beal or Davis Bertans, it just furthers the question, why the fuck are they in the bubble? <laughs> that's, that's just my question. Why the fuck are Washington going to Orlando? But um, I'll throw it to you to start. What is their glass half full? Because they're not winning any games. <laughs> glass half full. Sorry, glass half full for the Wizards. We get to see Rui Hachimura some more. <laughs> that... Which is definitely, I mean, in the first scrimmage, had 18 from memory. I mean, yeah, right. yeah, so it is good to get games into um, young guys in this sort of experience, in this sort of uh, landscape where, you know, it's going to have some playoff field to it. There's going to be teams that are really um, have a lot to play for um, each game. So that is a positive rule. It is. Glad to see the glass half. It's an A positive. <laughs> Do you want to sit? Do you want to hear my glass half full yeah. for Washington Wizards? <laughs> tell, tell me what you got written down. Now you get to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just 
they're there. They're a part of it. They're involved. Um, they're like the they're like the younger brother. And mum, being the NBA, said you got to take take your brother with you, and you got to play with your friends. You got you got to bring him along. Make get him involved. Make him feel welcome. That's what they've done to the Wizards at the moment. <laughs> no, that, well, that's very accurate. <laughs> so that's my glass half full for them. Um, but I feel like you have a, a few more. Uh, there is stuff items on the glass still to talk this. about. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, off the court, in a, in a, yeah, in a broader, yeah. broader scale, off the court stuff, they get to make up a bit of the TV broadcasting money. Like the, yeah. the, it's going to be eight games that the Washington people, people of Washington can see. Yeah, like that's. They can make up a bit of money. I mean, who knows how much their home court would have made already during yeah. the year with the team that they have on the floor. But <laughs> there's something that's still going to be said for that. And they're still like the team is young. The team is very, very young very this young. year. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see still how some of the players can fare and just how they go because I guess they're going to be one of the interesting teams to focus on for this off season. Yeah. And a lot, like not a lot, because it's eight games, mm-hmm. but. Some of the play from these players in these eight games could determine if they're gonna have a spot in the team next year. It could, yeah. it could build some trade value for them. It could, it, it could literally make them get cut in the spot. There's, yeah, there's a few players such as a Troy Brown, Thomas Bryant, who they're not. I mean, they're still both averaging 24 minutes a game, and they're they're not bad players, but they haven't shown in anything. I had a lot of hope in Thomas Bryant. Mm-hmm. He didn't deliver as much this year. He was a bit of a letdown. But when you've got a John Wall coming back next year, yep. and currently they are predicted to have the ninth, well, they will have the ninth best odds in the lottery for the mm-hmm. draft. And as we saw last year, the Pelicans shot up from around the same spot. And yeah. The Lakers, Lakers jumped up from 11. So that there's no, it's not impossible that they could shoot up in the draft and then get another asset. And mm-hmm. who knows what they're going to do. It doesn't look like well, they're not going to be able to trade John Wall, yeah, but I mean, yeah. But f- for all accounts, you know, just listening to different podcasts and news coming out of Washington, is that they're pretty confident in what John Wall and how he's looking, like, how he's you know training, how his body's feeling. So, um, if that's true, if he ends up delivering on that noise, then that's great for them because it's been a while since we've seen that Bradley Beal John Wall combo, and you just feel. With how Bradley Beal has elevated himself, um, I think that's a combo that is definitely you can build around. Mm. Um, but just depends. You just never know with Achilles and how it's going to affect a guy like John Wall, who's explosive, athletic, um, lots of jumping, you know, um, you know, landing hard, all that kind of stuff. You just don't know how he's going to um, come back and what kind of shape he's going to be in. Because it almost doesn't matter how hard you work with some of those injuries. Sometimes your body just fails you. And exactly. That's just, the you know same Derek Rose with his knee, that was just body failure after body failure. Like that was just what happened. And there's not much you can do about it sometimes, exactly. especially with Achilles injury. It's not like you get a knee where you can strengthen your knee and you know do stuff to help. It's sort of a little bit of you do your rehab and then it's sort of just like pray and mm. hope that it hope that it works. So no, but at the same time, there's enough things. Even Rose now, and you can look at it. They put John Wall on the floor. That they're still going to put. Good players to guard John Wall. Yeah. By no means, especially right now, are they considering him a bad player if he comes back. Nah. So yeah, that there's still every defense is going to still respect him in the way that they did before. I'm assuming. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it just depends on if he's able to produce those numbers that he was producing. You know, double digit assists mm. every year. Um, 
But as you were saying before, I think if the worst case Washington get is that a bunch of guys playing for individual reasons, mm. at least you're going to get guys playing hard and exactly just and trying because that's a big that's the thing with you don't want to see is that they lose their first three and then it's just like blokes just stop trying and the quality of the game's crap. Um, that's what the league doesn't want to see. That's hopefully what we won't see. But if you've got a bunch of guys that are playing for contracts, um, playing for their livelihood, basically, then hopefully that means that it's more competitive play. Exactly. And it'll be interesting to see, because you say now, like next year, it's going to be Bradley Beal and John Wall, and you've already got a few other okay pieces around that. If they can find that Troy Brown Jr. in this eight-game span is out of yeah. nowhere, he's just there. He's... Mm-hmm. He, Maybe start at the three. Uh, who knows? But if he can be a good contributing player, a starting lineup next year of Wall, Beal, Brown, Bertans, who's either likely resign, I still mm. think, and Thomas Bryant, who could also show promise. That's that's not that bad in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. When you consider teams like, oh, who's the eight seed this year? Sorry. Uh, Orlando. 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 Oh, Brooklyn's not. Brooklyn's the seven seed. Yeah. Um, they're obviously going to climb a bit, but. It's competitive. Exactly. It's, you, don't, you don't have to... It's not like... You, look you, at the, you can be sort of half mediocre in the East. And Washington become the sixth seed. Like, that, that's a genuine chance of happening. Exactly. And who knows what happens in the sixth seed. Exactly. And we've seen them have had success in the playoffs in the past. I don't think they have in the last few years. Especially not last year and whatnot. But... Because they weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> but there's... I mean, yeah. Certainly by... By any means, they could contribute next mm. year, and that's what I guess a lot of these players are playing for. And even though Rui Hachimura was absolutely shocking analytics-wise this year, he was fun to watch, and he brought a very large fan base yep. to the Wizards, yep. which I guess helps them. He's, he's the draw card for the for the bubble, exactly. Um, and I, I mean, like a guy we discussed earlier, Alex Caruso for the Lakers. Um, he was that guy that was just. Last year, when they weren't very good, um, just came on, tried hard, and just did little things, did things that coaches love, um, and that's hopefully what you're going to see from some of these guys to try and you know get the coach's attention. You know, the owner sees that he's doing these things, and it might mean you know the next pay deal, the next deal, and the, you know, the next pay packet um, for them, and then then it means that you reap the reward for next year because you're hopefully in a better team. Which you know we'll see if that happens, but in a, hopefully the better team, playing with John Wall and Bradley Beal, like, and then it's a bit more, a bit less pressure. But you can sort of just play a natural game from there. Um, so that's hopefully what we'll see from them. Um, glass half empty. I'm just going to read you what I've just written down. This is just <laughs> me mid morning, just what I wrote down. I said literally stand no chance, no Beal, no Bertans, just making up the numbers. <laughs> Which I still stand by. No matter all the positives we just discussed, that's still a, <laughs> that's still a genuine thought. Well, it's accurate. I mean, yeah. you ask a lot of people that would consider themselves big NBA fans, and honestly, if you ask them, who's Isaac Bonga? And, uh, all right, Ollie, who's Isaac Bonga? Tell me some facts about Isaac Bonga. Don't don't look at your screen in front of you. I actually don't have any. He's started for them. For the majority of this year. <laughs> All right. He's and one that, of those guys where, like, I'll come to you and I'll start talking to you about Washington or whatever. And you're like, I was like, Bonga. Everything this, his analytics are great. I'm like, 
What? Who is that? <laughs> Who is Since that? when is he been in the league? It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, he's their third best guy in terms of their analytics this yeah, season. See? But what <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Makes no sense. But he's not bad. At, he's just a tall point guard. I don't know. He's a. I don't know where you're going. It, 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 to be honest, he's just there. He's, he's just there. He's going to be out of the league in two seasons, in my mind. Really? He's the cat. But he's their third best analytics guy. He is. He is. He, he's good on defense. I mean, they only had three guys who were in a net positive for them this year in terms of their Raptor, like overall rating. It went Bertans, Beal, and then Bonga. And then Napier scrapes in at number four. And yep. for, a lot of people wouldn't even realize. Napier's not even, he's not even on their team right now, is he? I don't think so. He went. Oh, no. I think he got traded to the Nuggets and then. Yeah, got bored. I don't know. He's one of those guys where I'm like, you could be playing for Dallas, and I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, exactly. like at this he's, point, I, <laughs> I don't even know. He's um, there and everywhere. But so Washington at the moment, they're five and a half games back from Orlando, uh, six games back from Brooklyn, Brooklyn in seven. So Which, I think Orlando, they should probably overtake uh, Brooklyn in the seventh seed. Do you see Washington with any chance to get within four games of that of probably Brooklyn in the eight seed and have that playoff well, two game playoff? Funny enough, in a way, they're a lot like Houston. They have a very fast paced, high energy offense where mm-hmm. they it could it could win them a few games. Yeah, um, and by no means with this Brooklyn Nets lineup do I have confidence in them yeah. winning a single game. And I think they play each other possibly twice in this bubble. So yeah. Um, it's very quickly could turn into a playoff game there where like that in the league they have the 12th best offensive rating the Washington Wizards they have the 6th quickest pace yeah worst defence that's where they're but they're not bad on offence they were a poor man's um, Houston I was going to say poor man's New Orleans this year in terms of high pace scoring lots um, but at least the Pelicans could win more exactly. games exactly um, may I just say though at the start of the season and I've heard this on a number of other podcasts and everything and everyone's like what what, what are the, the surefire NBA markets that you can put your money on and just be like that is guaranteed okay there was an under over for Wizards on wins was 26 wins they are currently on 20 they're 24 and 40 right which means they have would, would, would have had I think 18 games left in the season yeah and the the fact that their expectation was twenty six wins, yeah, they have they have actually they're, played very well with the roster that they have. Definitely and that's credits to Bradley Beal. Definitely played better than I expect. I, that was one positive was that there's probably teams in the East, not many, but teams that you would think should have gone better than Washington. Mm. I feel like maybe Chicago. Chicago definitely. They they definitely didn't play to the level that yeah. you would hope. Um, with guys like a Mark and a Zach Levine and you know Chris Dunn and those kind of guys. Um, Fuck Jim Boyle. <laughs> We're not even going to start on Jim Boyle because you're <laughs> going to explode. I think you'll be discuss that man. Um, and even I mean maybe a Charlotte could have been better. Um, but I mean they both had the same sort of issue with relying on Devontae Graham. So honestly, Atlanta if John Collins. I was going to say I was, yeah, Atlanta was probably the other one where if you have John Collins, you'd I'll probably expect them to at least be up there. At least a, be have a bit more of a talk about it. Yeah, yeah, game. yeah. Um, but I'm just looking at their schedule for the for the seeding games before 
the actual playoffs. So they're playing Phoenix, and they're playing. Then they're playing Brooklyn. Then they're playing Indiana. Is there a world where they win those three? Sorry, read, read that again. Phoenix, Phoenix to start, Brooklyn, and Indiana. Wouldn't surprise me, honestly. So no, if so they no, could run away with all three of those. So no, no Sabonis for Indiana. Brooklyn have got their issues, we know that. Uh, and Phoenix, you just never know what you're going to get from Phoenix. <laughs> Is there a world where Washington win all three and all of a sudden they are in the hunt? For the, well, right, the that, that puts them within that basically the 3.5. That, that basically Does it not? gives it, yeah, that puts them in the... Within the four, mm. and I don't know, maybe you have to win one more after I that. Think, I think if they win four, it's locked it, in. It's close to because I, I don't yeah. have a lot of hope in Brooklyn. Nah, coming so they, their main guys, Levert, and he yeah. was shocking in their first scrimmage game. Mm-hmm. Like although his his numbers with the other guys out were great during the season, but yeah. fucking hell, he was <laughs> terrible in the first scrimmage. Is that just a first scrimmage though? Read well, I mean, to do it. Could be, but at the same time, you're still expecting like, it was something like four of seventeen. I don't yeah. remember, but he was terrible. Um, so then we look to the rest of their games. So they play Philly, New Orleans, OKC, Milwaukee, and Boston. They're probably like, I mean, I'll say again: Is there a world where they can beat the Pelicans and the Thunder? Just a quiet off game for either of those teams. A, a quiet Just... game for the Pelicans can means that the other team has a lot of chance to score a lot of points. Exactly. That's what I, that's what you find with New Orleans, is that if they're off, if their energy's off, all that kind of thing, there's a good chance they're going to be outscored quickly mm. in the first quarter, for example. Um, and it puts them behind the eight ball, and then you can just hope that um, Washington hold on for dear life exactly. after that. <laughs> and I guess another one of that Philly one, very different contrast in, in, in gameplay. Like you have this Philly team who's they're big. They're yeah. Not, I wouldn't say clunky, but they're yeah. They're a lot slower in what they do. And if Washington can just catch hot for two quarters of yeah. that game, and Philly, oh, they're not great at adapting when they're down. Ben Simmons hangs his head. Yeah. Like the thing, the thing I think with the NBA is that nothing surprises me because it's one game, and a lot. Uh, there's a lot can change in one game in the NBA. Like, you know, you, you see some of the results during the year. I mean, you know, back in the day. Like, Philly, those awful Philly teams, they had to win games at some point. They won 11 of them. So, I mean, are they on the same level as this Washington team without Beal and Bertans? <laughs> like, maybe. And then they're going to win games eventually. Like, it's just human nature that eventually the team they play is going to be off and they're going to be on. That's just, it's going to happen Eventually, I think the seventy-three and nine Warriors. I think I remember watching one of their games that year. They lost to that um, Memphis Grizzlies team, who yeah. was led by. Oh, he was the name. Co- was Conley that there? Or were they injured that year? Sorry, who? Mike Conley and Marcus. No, Mike Con- Conley, Gasol, Randolph. All of them were out. And uh-huh. it, was, it was literally everyone was rested from the Grizzlies and Warriors played their full strength team, and they got pelted by like thirty. See, it just it, it, can, happens. it can happen. It just happens. Just hungry Doesn't matter players how good, going after it. How good Chris Paul is for the, for the Thunder. There's a just a few good chances off games. Like it's, <laughs> he's a human still. So we, we say that eight games. How many off games can we predict for other teams? <laughs> yeah. And how many one game? Can we scenarios? somehow talk us into thinking that Washington's going to go eight and zero? <laughs> it sounds like we have at this stage. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold any confidence against them in Milwaukee and no. Boston. I mean. I'm, I mean, the, Milwaukee's their last game, I think, for the grading, which could honestly be a rest game. 
I was going to say, Milwaukee, but they won't matter. They won't care about that game. Exactly. exactly. And it's just the one before the bubble. It, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't care about it a lot. They're, yeah. they're setting for their number one seat. For all the positives you said about Washington, there's still no chance I'm putting money on them, exactly. ever. Exactly. At any point in this lockout. <laughs> but... Not to win anything, but I mean, I guess now we've sort of talked ourselves and they're an interesting team that could yeah. light up a couple of games, but... You just never know. Do you want to watch them? Probably still. Not. Yeah. No, <laughs> if there's another game on, I'm turning that one on for sure. <laughs> um... But it's going to be exciting, this uh, this bubble. Do you have anything else to discuss about Washington? There's just not a lot. I there's, mean, there's not a lot there, is there? Yeah. If anything, what well, does suck? If they, they could tank all these games, and if it was possible, move up higher in the draft, but I'm pretty sure they're solidified it's, to that. I mean, yeah, the league's held as is. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I don't know if he's still on the team, but Gary Payton Jr. played a few all right minutes for them during the season, but I'm stretching to bring is up he in the he, he can Is he in the headlines because his dad was in Last Dance and said that he was, made Michael Jordan nervous? Played, I think Gary Payton Jr. played like 10, ten games maybe for him, but he he's defensive highlights on YouTube. Great to watch. Shout out. Go check him out. Yeah. Listeners, go check out Gary Payton <laughs> Jr.'s. Defensive, Defensive highlights, highlights. <laughs> only be a 40 second long video, but I mean, if you're not enjoying the scrimmages, there's something, <laughs> there's for, something for you to go check out. Yeah. Um, well, Will, as a first instalment of uh, Big Head Chats and our glass half full, glass half empty NBA takes before the bubble, I think it's been a success. Quite happy with this. Yeah. Nice little setup we've got here. Exactly. Fresh, uh, fresh from the bedroom of. Me. I mean, and, and you can't even tell it's a bedroom, so exactly. Tom's done a good job. Um, thanks for coming on the show, and I will see you when we jump into the NBA next. It's lovely. Thanks for having me.